Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with my man, Michael Katz. What's up, brother? What up? Good to see you, man. Good to so, see you, too, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You're welcome. I'm pretty interested to hear you've gone from zero to, I think, and I could get this wrong, but I think you've gone from about from zero to approximately $10 million in a real short amount of time. Is that about accurate? Yep. Yep. So tell me a little bit about, tell me a little bit about Trio and then tell me a little bit about that story about how you went from zero to 10 million. Yeah. So Trio, so we actually just gone through a rebrand, changed the name from Pacific Air to Trio. So some people in the industry know us as Pacific Air, we went over to Trio. And I think it's been a crazy ride for the last two years. Definitely unexpected. The company came about by accident. We're nowhere near trade people. Never worked at a trade. Never got even close to it. We're not even from the U.S. originally. Only been here for about eight years. And we basically just stumbled onto HVAC and just fell in love with it. It's. I think that I've never seen And I've been through a lot of different businesses and construction. I've seen people work and I've done sales and I've never seen anything like HVAC. But when so many different angles, when I'm actually looking at this industry as far as recession proof and skilled labor and opportunity for growth and so many different things out there, even what you're providing to your customers and how happy they could be at the end of the product. So we're literally saving lives out there. Comfort in people's houses is something that over the years is getting really important. Yeah, it's been a crazy ride. So Initially, how it all started was we were here doing sales, my brother and I, who is the business owner as well, we're partners, and we were doing insulation sales, so in people's attics and crawl spaces, and I've done that for years. I was the worst sales guy starting out, and at some point, it became one of the top sales guys over there in the company, and my brother and I were just jumping around from one company to the next, just breaking records, competing with each other, so it was fun. It was fun. We were We were making a lot of a lot of good salary for our age it was back, I was 22 years old. So we were making, a lot of people don't notice about the industry, HVAC or insulation or construction for that matter. And for a 20-year-old to be making $25,000, $35,000 a month, that's a lot of money. And it's something that in where I come from and how hard I work to try to get something, you're not going to get there. So we did that for a while, and I, I can definitely say we got we got comfortable. We went to different business ventures, real estate, all these different things, tried some investments out. And it wasn't until my brother called me one day. I was just sitting around watching TV, and he came up to me. We were living at the same house back then in San Francisco. And he came out to me and basically said, what are you going to do if you break your leg tomorrow? And 
I had no idea what this guy wanted from me. Like, where the hell did he came? I'm in the middle of watching my TV show and having a, a good night. And he comes over and says, what are you going to do if you break your leg tomorrow? And it just makes sense to me. I let that sink in. So literally, I'm going in the bathroom and coming back out five minutes later. I told him, let's open a company. And he asked me, okay, what are we going to call it? We're going to call it Pacific Care. Okay, cool. And what do you want to sell? I was doing the same thing we sell every time. Duck cleaning insulation. That's all we knew. And we did that for a while. It was a nice side hustle. The van and the guy were going out there. I didn't have to maintain it too much. There wasn't a process. There wasn't a system. It was just whatever. And it wasn't until, I think, 2021, end of 2020, 2021, my cousin down in L.A., he kept telling me we should go into heating and air conditioning. And most people don't know this, but insulation people are against HVAC. It's, it's something that no one understands why, but it's so, we, it's so comfortable and so easy to sell insulation and you don't have to know too much and it's easy to get good at it too. It's an amazing industry and we're very against HVAC because it looks like too complicated or I don't know what. But he kept saying, and I listen to my cousin, every time I go with him in Vegas, whatever the guy says, every time we're at the roulette table, we win. Every time. This guy is like, whatever he says, I'm amen. And he says, keep going into HVAC. And he said, you know what? I got this really good client of mine here in Palo Alto. He keeps asking me to do some work at his house. I'll go over, recommend him to replace the HVAC system, and we'll see what we'll take from there. And that next day, I had uh, a company out there. Well, I got a bid that same day. Two companies rolled out. It was very quick. And the next day, they already did the install and replacement. It was an hour and a half for $10,000. And the value was there. The quality was there. So... I looked at this thing and I'm like, this is some pretty good margin. This is pretty interesting. I like that. So I came to my brother. I said, listen, I'm going to go out there in the field for six months. I'm going to sell HVAC. I don't know what that even means. But it's that box that you see in the garage every time. I'm going to go and sell this thing. We'll learn it. I think we're going to start doing that. And that's what I did. For six months, I was just selling it, subcontracting it, seeing how other people do it, learning, being on the job site. In July 2021, we did our first HVAC job. And two years later, here we are, we're at 10 million, 10,000 square foot office space, about close to 50, 60 employees right now. Just this past two weeks, we hired seven more people. By the end of the year, we're looking to be closer to around 70, 70 people, hopefully. And by next year, looking to be at 25 million. So how, so you had to have mentors, right? In this process of some sort, I would think, right? You had to get information during that six months. Who was it that you went to as your trusted advisor, so to speak? Who, how, how did you trust somebody to be able to tell you the right things to do? Because let's just be honest, it's not this industry is not full of, you know, people. There are a lot of people that will try to help you, but there's also a lot of people that will not that, that will try to hurt you. So, how did you distinguish who you were taking advice from? I would say that generally speaking. My brother and I are hustlers. We're businessmen. We adapt quickly. We learn a lot. We like to learn. We were interested in, in, in hearing things. We're always scouting for information. I would say right now, there's so much content out there that you can honestly find every single question that you have online. The problem is if you're going to be able to understand it, to implement it, to figure out if it's good for you, that's a whole different conversation. But with us, the way it happened is we were around an environment that was so bad. And I didn't realize it until probably, I think, yeah, about a year and a half ago, because we were around companies, business owners, and 
as the top salespeople in these companies, we would go out and talk to them and see how they do everything and how they manage their business. But their businesses were nowhere near what a business should look like. So my experience, it took me a while to really understand this is not good. This is not healthy. This is not how a business should look like. But I did see them growing companies of 50 employees, 100 employees. And when you look at it, it looks pretty nice. But they were doing a lot of shady stuff. They were doing a lot of illegal things. And now looking back at it and these people that initially I thought that I was, I just seen how they do things. I just copy pasted. But very quickly when I got into business, I looked at this thing and I'm very good at pausing and taking a step back and looking at the next two, three years in the way that I'm rolling because I roll pretty quick. So I have to hit the brakes at some point and ask, where is this going? How is this going to look like down the line? And I, I, I just didn't see it in that method. And we couldn't understand what was happening. Growth is always going to happen anywhere you put me and my brother. It's not like every person that I'll sit down and do a training session with or give him my SOPs, you will be able to go and implement them and, and achieve the same thing. You hear that fancy stuff. People hype you up on podcasts and all these online videos, the five second videos, go open an LLC and do this and that. It's not that easy. You need to be sharp. You need to educate yourself. And it takes time too. But we're overachievers and we're pushing hard. With us, whatever will take another person to realize in two years, we'll do it in a month. That's the secret, right? There is a lot of us putting into it. But but I would say one of the biggest pivot points where everything really shifted was 2022. So for one year, we were just hustling and hustling, truck people more. And when we got to the service time part of our business, that's where everything changed. So what happened was that my brother, we were sort of scouting for different CRM softwares and we were looking at whatever people see out there, House Call Pro and Service Time and Service Something and, and Salesforce. Some people want the glove fit on their business to do everything. And my brother kept saying to me, we should do Service Time, we should do Service Time, we should do Service Time. And every time we were about to like, okay, let's do this thing, he was like, no, but it costs too much. <laughs> but at some point we just said, you know what? It looks like this business is growing. We know what we're doing. Worst case scenario, if we'll have a bad month, We'll go out there to a couple of leads, me and you, sell them for another 20, 30 grand, and we'll bring that money. We'll cover it for a year. And we decided to go for it, and nothing changed. Nothing changed. It was just like, okay, this is great. I love this, but mm, I don't get this. Then we went to the Service Time Pantheon event, the first event. We were almost so close to not going. If they would have charged us even $100, probably would have said, you know what, let's focus on other things, because we didn't know the value. But they sent us a free ticket through our CSM and we went over there to that service sign event and suddenly I'm seeing everyone over there doing HVAC, everyone over there doing plumbing. And I'm starting to talk to people. I'm starting to ask questions. I'm starting to see all these different people on the stage talking. I'm seeing Tommy Mello, one of the people that I really admire. I read this book a while back. And at that moment, everything just shifted. So we finally understood how an HVAC business is supposed to operate just by a conversation. Literally, we're just talking to different people, owners of companies of 30 million, 100 million. We were just talking to them, asking them questions. And we realized how far behind we were. That was the pivot point. We came back to the business and we just literally implemented every single thing that we heard. It was like six months, a year of seven days a week, 12, 16 hour days. Saturday, Sunday, whatever, just sitting here implementing nonstop. And it worked. And it's funny because when we finished that event, it was a mind-blowing event. When we finished it, and I told David, my brother, we were saying to each other, I don't know what or how we're going to do this, but next year, we're going to be on the stage. Next year, we're going to be here. I don't know, I don't know how, but we're going to do it. 
And it's funny enough because basically Ara reached out to us, the founder of Service Time. He reached out to us, I think it was like two weeks before the event, the, the Pentium that they just had like three weeks ago, 2023. He reached out to us. They looked at the numbers and everything. He saw some videos from different people about the growth. And he heard that we don't have HVAC experience. He heard that we don't necessarily didn't come from this. We never even worked at a shop. I don't even know what, I didn't know what an SOP or a KPI, I don't know what's the warehouse, nothing. And basically it reached out to us and says, we want to put you guys on the main stage. Send me some information. And we sent them the name of the company and everything. And I was shocked. But in the, in the keynote speaking event, when he opened the event, he actually showed our company on the big screen saying, these guys started, didn't know what they were doing, came to the first Pantheon, implemented everything. A year later, they're cleaning up 10 million. And the only other person on that stage was Tommy Mello right after us, A1 Garage. So that was a huge honor. And uh, it's really service time that really was, was the first thing that opened our eyes to it. As long as you just adapt to their system and follow what they tell you to do, that's pretty much all you need. From there, the next thing that you need is just to talk to more company owners. And like you said, not all of them are going to be nice and sharing everything with you. But we went to a couple of shop tours. We didn't do too much, honestly, but we chose the right companies. We went to two shop tours. And from these two shop tours, we were able to actually get everything else that we needed. And with people that have been through it, it's people that they, they already have the answers. So we hear something, we see how they operate, we see if it matches our style, we analyze it a little bit, think if it makes sense. And from there, we just go in and implement. Those are the two things that really helped our growth. What was the what was the first shop that you, or better yet, what was the, what were the two shops? Do you mind me telling me ask of what two shops did you visit? Yeah, the so the first shop that we went to it was actually so one of the speeches that I liked the most was Next Gen Ishmael, right? Because I remember we were there at, and I didn't know too much about the company at the time, but I was there in the event and I saw that there was a big hype around the tent. It was around the time that we were breaking a lot of records. And I saw a lot of people going into that tent and he was explaining everything and saying some stuff. And I'm like, wow, this makes sense. This makes sense. That makes sense. So we came over there at the end of the speaking. And basically I talked to him, asked him a couple of questions. And he said, you guys should come to my shop. And that was the first time that I've heard of a shop tour. So it was like, you should go to my shop. And I'm like, okay, I'm in LA anyways. And every like three months, I have family, I have friends over there. Sure, let's go over there. And I came over there to the shop and I'm walking inside and I'm seeing how everything runs. And for the first time in my life, I realized that we're not doing so bad. Yes, some things will be chaotic, but it's organized chaos. And and yes, it's, it's fine. And, and a lot of things just clicked for me. And the second shop that we went to, that was my brother, honestly. I can't remember which shop he went to. But the second shop that he went to, I think it was actually around here in the area. There was an event that he was going to. And same thing. He came back from there, showed me some pictures and videos and stuff and said, these guys are amazing. And we just implemented everything they said. One thing that I think is impressive about the guys that allow shop tours, mo most people in the industry would shy against that, I think. But the people that you've mentioned, Tommy uh, does the same thing, Ishmael. I, I don't know. I, I don't know necessarily anybody else. I'm just not thinking that do that. But those guys are pretty open book with showing you how they did things. And I think that's, I think that's pretty damn cool. For somebody like you that, yeah. that is newer in the industry, to be able to go and see how somebody's grown to several million, to a couple of million, couple hundred million dollars, is pretty impressive.
This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Yeah, and I think that it's funny because we got into the industry around the time when everything was already there. We weren't there. Everyone are lucky. You're always going to get a lucky moment when you walk into the industry. Our lucky moment of walking into the industry was we caught it at the time where there was more content online, where we're able to see more. I've had, this is a funny story, but I've had the company that I worked for a while ago, it was like five, six years ago, I worked in that company. and. I was I was really good at getting reviews. I had an amazing system for getting reviews. Our our company has more of an organic reviews growth than companies that have been around for 20 years. Companies with a budget that I don't even want to say what it is for marketing to get in reviews. And I remember the owner of the company that I worked for was an installation company. I used to always recommend them and tell them to do things, but he was like, no, everything has to go my way and this way. It was very stubborn. And granted, he did gone through some managers that took advantage of, didn't do a right job. So I understand it. But he was just here. He was just here two months ago. We have some, where we're slowly moved out of the installation, moved into HVAC. We had a couple of things. So I reached out and I said, hey, I got a bunch of stuff if you want to buy from me, some extra material. Some of them I sold, some of them you can take it for free, whatever. And I told him, by the way, you should come take a look at our shop because this guy had been around for like 10, 12 years. And he's a good sized company, 100 employees, but for, for the longest time, it's just him and, and someone else in the office. And I told them, this is not scalable. You're not going to be able to, why are you suffering so much? This doesn't make any sense. And you're losing so much money. And when he came here, I remember he looked at everything and he saw an HR and accounting and a call center and this. And honestly, any, anyone that will look at our shop, it's hands down one of the best shops out there. Not just the design, which is awesome, but the energy of the people. And when he came over, I'm seeing him trying to snap a picture of a couple of things, but he was shy to take a picture. He didn't know if it was okay. And I paused him for a second. I told him, listen, man, I have a Google Drive with SOPs for everything. I'll send you that Google Drive. I'll send you everything. Don't worry about it. I'll give it to you. And a lot of companies are afraid to do it because they're like, I don't want to share my secret sauce because then they'll become my competition. Two things you need to understand. When they get better, you get better. You should use that as the drive for you to go in and basically push it even harder. You should actually share information with them because you know something they don't know. They know something you don't know. You should be able to go ahead in that way. Number two, they're never going to implement it. No. That's the sad truth about it. They're never going to implement it. I'm sitting there. I remember in this shop tour down in LA, and apparently they're doing a lot of these shop tours. I'm sitting down and I'm seeing like five other companies over there or three other companies, and we're talking to each other, and I'm just looking at people talking around and like, you're not going to implement it. You don't even know what to ask. You're in a, like, there's a lot of work that comes outside of just going in and doing these, these things that kind of hype you up. Yeah, you can go to a service and Pantheon event, but what's your goal? If your goal is to grow your business as a general, mm, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that because that's a lot. So with us, what we do is we try to just figure out, and this is, okay, here's something that probably anyone, if anyone is going to be really listening to this and taking action from the things that I'm saying. You want to grow your business by another million, another 5 million in the next 
few months or in the next year, two years, here is what you need to do. Go to shop tour. Get up from your chair. Let a couple things burn. I understand it's burning. I know it's hard. I've been through it. Yeah, I've been at the hospital, heart racing. I get it. It's hard. Long days, no sleep. I understand. Some hardworking people in the industry. I respect that. But you have to go and do a shop tour. And when you go and do a shop tour, pick a company that you admire. Pick a company that you feel like they are the best. Someone that inspires you. Someone you feel really good about. Someone that you want to be like. Someone that you're even trying to be like. Copy. It's fine. Everyone is doing it. Everyone are calling each other, checking if, if they're answering the call in a certain way in a script. Give them a call. Set up a time for a tour. Book the damn ticket. Go over there to one department. Just one department. Sit down with the manager of that department. Take pictures, take videos. If you can't find that company, by all means, come here. We have breakfast every morning for everyone. Everyone are super nice. Any person that walks in here is all smiling. And all you need to do is just do that one department. And if you ask me where to start. Yeah, dude, that's the first person your customer talks to. That's the first thing. That's when your customer gives a call. What's the experience that he's going through? What yes. is, is, is that person on the phone smiling? Are they happy? And I can tell you why maybe they're not smiling and not happy because you're not paying them enough. Right. And you should be paying them enough and you shouldn't be nickel and dining with them, but you should pay them in a performance pay, right? That's right. If you hit that many calls or if you hit that many calls per day, per week, per month, your job, you're not going to pay put a system on the table and say, hey, here's your system. Go make money for me. No, it doesn't work that way. You got to sit there. And if it's too stressful, book a meeting two weeks from now. But at least you're going to go to that meeting. Make sure you're there. Sit down with them. Explain everything over to them. Give them KPIs. Give them goals to hit. Incentivize them. Encourage them. You don't have to spend a lot of money, a lot of time with them. You just have to spend the right time with them. And when you're doing that and you're giving them goals and you're encouraging them, and service time will tell you if you're doing good or bad. There's a number right there on the dashboard. It tells you. You're at 60%, 75%. That's a lot of money you're throwing to the trash. You could use that money for a nice vacation. You can get an assistant with that money and take all the headache off of you, right? Improving these numbers, a, a quality CSR, you don't even understand the, the quality of that. Two more calls booked is equal another 10000 or 20000 or $30,000 on, on your, not the bottom line, but let's say the, the total in a month. There's a lot of money to be used from there to cover two more dollars an hour to get a call in person and incentivize them and give them movie tickets once every month or so. You have to go to shop tours. You have to take us on one department. You have to implement it quickly and don't let anything else blindside you. Just do all just that. That's all you do. You fix it. You feel really comfortable. You have the best. Do you really have the best call center? Great. Move to the install. Move to service. Move to sales. And it's, and it's a continuous. You just got to lay a good base. And a lot of people don't have that good base. It seems like based on what you just said that Culture is probably something that's pretty important to you. Ah, uh, dude, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but almost every job that I had, I was fired from. <laughs> every single job, you would be shocked. I was the worst employee, the worst sales guy, like the worst. I was young. I thought I was entitled to things. I thought that I was, I was just not there. I felt like people owe me something for some odd reason. And it wasn't until... We grew this business and I've noticed the impact of a good person on the team, an A player, and I noticed the impact of a B player and a C player. And it's, it's one toxic person in your company will shut down your business, will shut down your company. And maybe some people are working with friends and family, so they're not able to cut that loose, but that's really what it is. You know, we've had 
I'll tell you a nice story about our company. I think this this kind of represents how how we operate. But initially, when we were starting, we didn't have money for a call center. So I talked to my brother, and he kept saying, "No money, no money." He's the money guy, right? So it's like, "No money." I told him, "Okay, I gotta get creative with this. How about a remote employee?" There's some countries out there that five dollars an hour could be twenty for them. So we said, "All right, let's try it out." And our business was built on a lot of remote employees in the beginning. By the way, if you have remote employees, um, please start moving out of that. It's, the clock is ticking. It's not going to last for a while. It's, it's you need people in the office. It's good well, for specific tasks, maybe very specific tasks, but trust me, it, it's not long term. You need people in the office. The culture is worth it. But basically, we had an employee, six dollars an hour, and he was working out of Mexico, and he was he was so good, but he was on and off. It was a roller coaster with him. He still works with us. And we had a company event, a company barbecue. I decided to buy him plane tickets. Come be at the company event. You're talking to these people, these installers, these sales guys or whatnot so much. You should come take a look. We flew him out here from Mexico. He came to the company event. And he came to us at the end of the company event. And he said, I'm moving here. I'm dropping everything I have in Mexico. I'm moving here. I don't care how much you guys pay me. I don't care what you do. I want to come here. And he said that because... One of the things that I, David and I are really careful with is we want to work with people that are supporting each other. We don't want to get to a place where we're walking into work and we see someone and we don't feel comfortable. I want people to really enjoy it. And on, on the way to getting there, you're going to have to fire a lot of people and you're going to have to pass on a lot of really skilled people because they didn't have the right attitude. This person moved over here. He became... So he went to the call center. From the call center, he became accounting payroll. From accounting payroll, he moved into call center. From call center, he moved into being a negotiator. He started calling Yelp, calling Google, getting us refunds of $10,000, $20,000 from nothing. So he was just amazing. And I told him, I'm going to make you a sales guy one day because you're just incredible. And we turned him into a sales guy. And he's driving a Tesla Model 3, just like all of our other sales guy right now. He has the time of his life, he loved it. And he was in Mexico taking phone calls remotely, making $6 an hour. He's making anywhere between twenty to 35000 right now a month. And he's at the office every day at like 3, 4 p.m. Having fun, going out to people from here. Investing in your people sometimes backfires on you. But if you invest in the right people and you put time in them and, and, and you make it an effort to notice when someone is being toxic, you have to really focus on them and try to see if there's something to do there or not. And you have to remove that from the team. I had some situations where I hired people and literally after three days, three days into training, I waited two weeks for them to start. Three days after training, I'm cutting it loose. I'm like, I can't do that because this type of energy is going to hold us from reaching that 25 million and the 50 million. I can't have someone being talked to in an attitude. I, I don't want that. I want people to be happy. Everyone has to make enough money. Everyone has to get enough hours. Everyone has to grow and get better at who they are. And everyone has to be nice to each other. Put all those things together. That's it. You're going to have the time of your life. You're going to be the happiest person in life. So culture is a big thing. It takes time to develop it. But you have to start at, at the basics. Remove the toxic people. Cut them loose. Pay your people well. And be with them throughout the process. I think one thing that you said there, I think is super, super important that I see in a lot of companies is there'll be a, a, a service manager who fields a bunch of phone calls every day that he doesn't really need to field, but so he can feel important, but he's in the right hand. He's in the ear of the owner. 
And and what I see is there's talk there are usually toxic people inside the business, but sometimes it's people that the owner just can't believe that person. Maybe it's the guy like the guy from Mexico, right? If your brother came to you and said, "Hey, whatever the guy from Mexico's name is, hey, I think this guy's become toxic." you would have a harder time believing that than you would a newer guy. And so I think, how do you handle or have you run into being close to an employee and realizing, oh, well, things are not quite like I thought they were with this individual. I got to cut them loose. When my point in saying all that is you have to do it quickly because you can't pull that Band-Aid off slow, but you can, but it bleeds the company of money. Yeah, and I think, so it's funny, but a lot of these things, it reminds me of our, initially when we were starting out, a lot of negotiation would happen in different departments and different roles. And at some point we got sick of it and said, we have to to establish something that will get people to just not come and negotiate with us every two minutes, literally an installer walking into the shop and you're like trying to make sure they won't see hiding behind something because he's going to ask for a raise right now. He looks a little pissed today. I, I get that. So you have to first, what I'm trying to say is you have to establish what is it that you want? What is it that, that would make sense to you? What numbers do you want? What kind of KPIs? Like what, what are the indicators of good performance, bad performance? First of all, you have to know what that is because you might get emotional and emotional is not good. You have to be analytic. You have to be technical. And there is an emotion side of it, but that's more on inspiring them and helping them achieve their goals. So I would say it's hard for me to make a decision about letting someone go as long as there's no goal or KPI that I'm able to measure if he's hitting or not hitting. And at the same time, was there a one-on-one with him and his manager in the last one-on-one was a big thing for us. I didn't even know what that meant. But when we learned about one-on-ones and a one-on-one for anyone that doesn't know, every week, every two weeks, every month, you just sit down with someone who's under you, if you're managing someone, if you're the owner and you're managing everyone, then you're going to sit with every one of them. If you have more than six, 10, 15 people, get someone to help you out. But you basically need to sit with them and just, how are things going this week? What is happening with your projects? There's always a project in the background. Um, what's happening with these numbers? And you want to encourage them to do better on some stuff that they're doing um, not so good on. And you want to celebrate their successes as opposed to just hit the hammer as soon as they mess up once. Um, and I would say, as long as there was a one-on-one done with him, as long as there was a 100-day plan, what do you want? Do you want to buy a boat? Do you want to buy a car? Do you want to pay off debt? Do you have a, a newborn on the way? Like, what is it that you have in your personal life that is happening in the background? And how do I match that with the business? And can it be matched with the business? Because otherwise, and some company owners are avoiding that because they don't want to do a 100-day plan because honestly, they can't do it. Let's say if I sit down with an employee and they tell me, I want to make $2 more an hour. And I know that's not going to happen. I would rather figure it out at a 100-day plan when we sit down on the desk, discuss it, and figure out where he's at, as opposed to him being disgruntled at some point in our understanding. Long story short, have you done all of these things, those two, three, four, five things? If you've done all of them and you come to me and say, we need to let go of someone, that's fine. I would take a look at it. Now, at the same time, was anyone trying to help them out? Was there really a lot of investment? Because sometimes you'll have different people in positions. I can't catch everything right now. There's right. a lot of processes in my business that I'm not even aware of. I don't know how it works. A lot of people come to me and ask me, so what do we do in this case? And I'm like, dude, I have no clue, but let's go figure it out. So uh, you have to make sure that 
there's the right amount of ratio of a manager pairs people. You have to make sure that whatever you do with him, that he does or she does with them. And as long as all of those things happen, most likely these things are just gonna are just gonna happen. At the same time, are just gonna happen better and more smooth. At the same time, some company owners like myself, I just learned HR literally a few months back. You'll be surprised. But I've noticed that a few of my a few of the people in my production team were suffering because I wasn't making the right hire for a certain position. And it took me a while to figure it out, but they didn't feel comfortable sharing with me. And it wasn't until the 100-day plans that they started sharing a little bit more. And they basically formed the idea in my head that I understood I'm not so good at managing on a particular aspect of things. I literally went down to my HR um, lady over here and I basically sat down and I told her, hey, I want training. I want to learn how to manage better. And you have to learn what does it mean corrective coaching? Verbal warning, write up, uh, put someone on a pip. So combine all those things together, have these structures. You won't get to these moments. You won't get, and even if you get to these moments, the employee is ready for it because he's aware of it. It's not you figuring it out. If I gave you coaching training like a million times and then we sit down and again, you don't show up on a Monday, every Monday and Friday, you don't show up, right? Somehow every Monday you're safe. You, I mean, it's not going to get there. At least you're not going to be disgruntled when you leave the company. And for me as a manager, I'm not going to get frustrated because at least I'm aware of where it's at. We think that we're aware of where it's at. We're not. We're running all over the place. I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I really hope that people have those two things in place. And if you don't know how to do those things, again, I'll tell you, come do a shop tour with me. I never have time, but I always have time. I'll sit down with you. For five minutes, I'll give you a crash course of, of management, and I guarantee your employees are going to be happier and you're going to be more peaceful at work. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of the piece where a lot some owners do miss the piece that really your, your customers to the business are not your customers. Your customers are the employees. Your Michael's customers are the employees. Like that's you, that should be your main focus. And then your customers will take your customers will take care of. The paying customers, right? Yes, it's true. And it's it's a, a video, I think it was, yeah, it was Tom and Mel. I saw a video where he is basically taking a $20 bill and writing down, buy your wife flowers. And he gives it to the guys. And, you know, he said, happy wife, happy life. And it's true. When your guys are happy at home and when they're, when you have that in place with them, that's where things are going to really change. And, you know, I, I can say that the struggles that I went through with people in the business, as a business owner, one of your daily things that are passing through your head every like hour, out of nowhere, you could be watching a show, talking to someone, suddenly there's this voice in your head, your business is going to shut down in the next five minutes. Everyone are leaving you, you're going to go bankrupt, your business is shutting down. And you start getting this hard racing and you jump work on something. If, if you're a business owner, exactly what I'm talking about. It's, it's stressful. Everything is just like, everything is, it's, it's an ongoing storm that you sure. somehow get used to. And then it's, it's quiet for like two minutes and then again. So I think that with us, what we were trying to figure out, and I do this a lot in the interviews, and I could be tough sometimes. I can definitely say I'm, I'm a straight shooter. I don't beat around the bush too much. But when I sit down with people in an interview or when they get hired, what I always ask them is, tell me a little bit about your life. And after they share a little bit about their life, I'm asking them questions like, even during the interview, tell me something you're very proud of. Why does it mean so much to you? What is something that you've achieved? What is something that you're working on right now? If they don't have anything going on in their life, that's going to be hard to work with. 
What, yeah. what are, if, that, if, they're not, if they're not inspiring to something, it's either they're just not inspiring or they don't know how to do it. So I have to figure out what's my angle with it. That's your job as a business owner to figure it out. And when I sit with them, and you have to dig deep sometimes, but when I sit with them asking them, what do you want right now? And they say, I want, let's say, I just said, I remember our marketing girl, we just hired. She came here and I was asking her, she was fresh out of college. And I was asking her, okay, what, so what do you want? And she basically mentioned, I want this amount. And I said, oh, okay, this is great. We can make that happen. But a year from now, two years from now, tell me more. What else do you want? What do you really want to achieve? What are your goals? What are your dreams? And she told me, I want this amount and I want to get there. I told her that I like, that I can work on. And I'm going to work on it with you. And how do I guarantee that I'm going to work on it with you? We're going to book meetings right now. Every two days, every one week, every two weeks, every month. I'm going to sit down with you. We're going to write down a plan. We're going to write down what do you need to do in order to get to that point to make sure that it makes sense to the business. And here is something very simple. I guarantee you have a leak somewhere in your business. I don't know what guarantee. it is. Guarantee. You're buying too, yeah. much toilet, too much toilet paper. You're buying too many cars. With you. You're paying too much for your insurance. You're paying too much for your uniform. I, I don't know what. I will go into your business and I'll fish it $20,000 that you're wasting. It's at least $2 million, $3 million. So what we usually tell people is, if you save the business money, I'll reward you for it. So if my marketing is bad, and my, the person that's in marketing is calling the Yelp or calling Google and negotiating with them and saying, where did that money go? Please send me a script. I, I want to see the numbers. I want to see where it went. And you're able to catch something and you get a $600 refund, a $1,000 refund, or you negotiate a monthly price. You can negotiate is an ongoing thing. Set up a sure. meeting on your calendar every week with a different vendor. Sit down with them and talk with them. And when you sit down and talk with them, just tell them, you don't have to be a sharp negotiator. I want a better price. We've been with you guys for a while. We're consistent. We're growing. Everyone are growing in age. Like if you're not growing, give me a call. We'll figure it out. But basically, everyone, are, you have to negotiate with them. And when you negotiate with them, when you save money to the business, I have more money to the people. So it's something that you can always bring something out of the business. So in the call center, I told a lot of the girls, I'm going to implement bonus structures that are going to make you guys the highest paid CSRs in the industry. And how am I going to do it? By knowing what's my average ticket, by knowing what's my conversion rate, by knowing the lead source. If you book more leads from that source in that time frame, you pick up the phone in less than 15 seconds, all these different things, and here's what I want you to look at, and you're able to hit it, I'll give you $200. I'll give you $300. I'll give you $500 in the month. That 200, 300, 500 is worth 50,000. It's worth 100,000. Yeah, I can sit with you confidently in a 100 day plan and make sure that you reach your goals. It doesn't have to be on an hourly rate and then I forget about you. You have to earn it. And it's fine. And people are aware of it. And they'll start to develop some hustlers. Everyone here, husband, everyone. Are, you should see our call today. Like the vibe, the energy that's in this place. You walk out of here. You want to go sell something. So we encourage this and, and we pay them. And you have to think of long term. And as soon as they slip a little bit, as soon as they slip a little bit, you're not acting like your 100-day plan. That girl that you want to be in three months, eh, I, don't, I don't think she would do something like that, right? I feel like she would do a little bit better, right? So it's encouraging and less micromanaging and rewarding them too, as opposed to just telling them when something went wrong, not caring about their personal life, not connecting them to work. People are shocked why people leave them. Do, you, do they have good friends here? Are they happy every day? Are you even right. watching them? If they don't have good friends here, if they're not making enough money, if they're not making enough hours, they're recruitable. A lot of our people are not recruitable. It doesn't matter what you 
I say to them, I have people coming here sometimes because I'm not able to even pay them as much as I would want to. They take a pay cut just to be here. And I heard this so many times from people in the one-on-one. You know what, Mike? I'm actually surprised, but I took a pay cut to be here with you guys. Not that we're paying less, but some companies out there will pay whatever just to bring a good person. And they drown them with work. And they say, I took a pay cut, but I'm home every day. I see my wife. I see my two little daughters. I'm a lot happier right now. I'd rather take a pay cut. I don't care. And at the same time, they think it's a pay cut, but once the performance day kicks in at the end of the 15th every month, we do it once a month. Everyone are happy. Yeah, I would say as far as people attracting talent, keeping them, you have to, to know all these things. And you're not going to do it in a day. Start with one person, move to the next, and you'll get there. You'll get there. It, 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 it takes time. 100%. Yeah, dude, I know we're getting close to time, but yeah, the, you hit on something super important there. If if your people are not saying, hey, Michael, I, I have a friend that is looking for a job. Could you give them an interview? Then you're probably not treating your employees right. And I guarantee that you have that happen, right? Because people are going to come to work if they have friends at work. They're going to take less pay if they have friends at work. It's just yeah. a fact. But so many people don't get that. So that's super no, cool. Man, our our entire company has grown from within. Most of the people here have grown from within. And I'll give everyone a little nugget. Hopefully they'll take this. And a lot of people don't really understand what their time is worth per, per minute, per hour. And I'll, I'll give you the most basic formula, just a basic formula. How much do you make per month? How many hours do you work as a business owner? This is how much your time is worth. Well, simple math, right? Not too much, right? Whatever amount it is. And how much time do you spend on interviews? How much time do you spend on training? How many resources and other people's time you spend on training? How much headache did it give you when that CSR didn't show up on a Sunday? When that manager just didn't show up on a Monday when you're opening that big job? How many times have you gone through this struggle and this stress? And when we actually looked at our numbers, we noticed that the people that came as a referral were better performers. They stayed with us for longer. They were easier to manage. They were all their numbers are just insane. I did a quick math and the numbers that I went down to pair how much it cost me to get people that's going to quit or be let go after a few months were just unbelievable. What I did was I went in and gave a bonus up to $3,000, up to $3,000. And here's what I said to everyone. I don't care if you're an employee. I don't care if you're a manager. I don't care if you're a performance pay. I don't care if you don't work here. I don't care if you're the vendor that just dropped off a furnace in the back of my shop. I don't care. If you give me one of the three positions that are holding your business, one of these three positions, the sales guy, the service tech, and the team lead installer, those are the three things that are holding your business. Without three quality people like that, or if you get one really bad person like that, it's going to drain you out. It's really going to drain you. You're not even going to know where it came from. but if you get one of these people, I'm going to give you a bonus. And a lot of these companies, like the bigger companies out there, I hate when they do that. They say, you're going to get 4000 You're going to get $10,000 bonus, but you're going to get it in three years. And if you ever <laughs> leave before, you have to pay that back. Why do you do that? One month of this quality. If I hire them, he's quality. If he's quality, he's worth X amount of money to me. That X amount of money is a lot. I pay them within six months, everything. On the first day, they get a big percentage out of it. The first week, they get another big percentage. The first month, they get. In the first month, just in the first day, you're already being paid. And you'll be surprised. I do, I do get some people that are coming in here, going through the entire onboarding, the entire process, everything. They work for one day, and they leave. 
And what do I, what does the installer expecting? Oh, he's not going to pay me right now. He's not going to pay me. And I come to them. I give them the envelope. I pay them and I say, thank you so much for the referral. More. I want more. Give me more. And you'll get a blast of text messages. I, I have so many texts in my phone. I can't even tell you how many people are walking through the door every single day wanting to be hired, wanting to work here. And, and it's because they hear how happy people are. And yeah, you have to recruit from within and people overcomplicate it. And I think that the best people that would be able to recruit from within are the owners. You're the inspiration. You're the soul of the business. The, uh, there's a different energy when you're around where you're not around. Hopefully it's, it's, it's better when you're around. And you are the one that needs to go to them and basically say, bring your friends. We'll take good care of them. Bring quality people. So, yeah, recruiting from within has been one of the one of the biggest things. And I think that a lot of people should be doing that and stop going. You should be going online, but you should also recruit from within. 100%. Well, look, dude, great conversation. Where can people find you? Where would you like for them to find you? Right now, we went through the rebrand. Trio Heating and Air is a name that was barely out there. But I think this campaign that people will go online and see the things that we do, we plant a tree for every job that we do. A lot of people are interested in seeing how we do it and how it works. And I think it is important uh, to put some environmental focus. And I would say that the best thing, the best way to find us would be probably on LinkedIn. Michael Katz, you can just search for Trio. I would say probably... Yeah, and anywhere that you surf a tree, just call call us. Just say, hey, I want to talk to Michael. In a second, I'll get a message for it. I'll give you a call. We'll talk for a little bit and we'll figure something out. Anything that people need. I'm not afraid of sending SLPs and whatever, pay plans, whatever anyone needs. What's the phone number they can reach you? What uh, number would you like for them? 415-786-1144. Usually text is better. I'm probably not going to answer your call. But if you shoot me a text, I'll get back to you within a day. Promise. Perfect. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate the conversation. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Corey. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at CoreyBarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.